that? Uh, taxi driver? Ah, yeah, cool. And, uh, shower head, big knife. Is that Psycho? Okay. Dancing lady. Are, are those wolves? Dances with wolves? They kind of look more like foxes. Or a hedgehog. Okay, what's this? Uh, a radio, another wolf slash fox, and lots of people. Radio fox group, radio wolf bunch. Radio Wolfgang. Radio Wolfgang emoji title, I love it. Smiley love heart eyes, winky kiss. Hello, this is Radio Wolfgang. Yeah, we're back on air. The goat's down, but we don't care. We're than 6,000 years, the art of cutting hair has been practiced as a craft. Mother and daughter visits to the beauty shop are becoming as regular as the traditional partnership of father and son at the barber shop. This is an exclusive men's world. Music is life. All of the barbers in here were from the Caribbean. So we know about music, and England is a big boots to reggae music. I like to make people look good. And I think every community as well needs a barber. More or less, it's part of life, you know? My dad, he always says we need to go to the barbers. That's what he says every day. I'm gonna tell them the best barbershop in the world is Upper Of course, that's it's a very lively place. It's sort of homey as well, as you can see with all these sofas and stuff. If they say to you, what's better, this one or that one? I'm gonna say, boy, I'm the best. I would say Upper Cut is the cleanest barbershop in Hackney. Morning, Auntie So. Morning. How are you, darling? Good afternoon again, how you doing? What are you doing today? Bless you. Yeah, man, have a good one, yeah? Take it easy now. I caught Rasta, I caught blind man. I got two blind customers, you know? <laughs> the only person I never caught is a punk. Oh, let me say, I'm not gonna do a skin fade, you know? I just wanna, I'm gonna keep the top and just take this down a little bit, but not, not the skin. Yeah? yeah? Alright. Take too long to come back to Barbers, you know? I almost forget how to cut No, yet. no, you know what? I'm not gonna lie, I left it for a while. I know a little boy. He got a really weird head. <laughs> yeah, when I'm cutting him, sometimes I have to stand up over him and I laugh and I said, I should charge extra for this. <laughs> Can I put that TV on here, bro? Please. Dave. Dave. Yeah, Dave. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Can I find Dave? <laughs> At the moment, we've got four barbers working in here. Me, myself, Marcus, Owen, Jason, and Andy. Soon to come, Tim will be back, so we never left him out. Yeah. There's a barbershop in Jamaica. It's a very famous barbershop in Jamaica. When we was looking for name for it, he said, just call it Uppercut. Very good name. Top, top people come to Uppercut. Um, Caribbean barbers, I think that the most skillful 
one guy come in one day and he said, every time you caught me, I get a new girl. <laughs> and he said to me, trust me, I won't be going nowhere else to cut my hair. Anytime you're not here, I'm not cutting until you come. I enjoy the ritual. I enjoy feeling like I get remade every week. I travel from a distance to get here, actually. But I have to get here every week. Every time I come, the little one wants to come as well. He's had Mohicans, he's had short back and sides, he's had fades. He had cane roll for a long time, so, yeah, he's well aware of his hair. He's very conscious of it as well. He would be someone that would be in there every week. When he's older, he'll be in here every week. Sometimes he's dragging me in here. So I brought my kid to him, um, and then I asked him to to give him a particular hairstyle. And he went, no, that's not a hairstyle for him, and he gave him a different hairstyle. I wasn't really pleased, but you don't complain. <laughs> you know, it says that's the cut you need to have, it that's the cut you need to have. First time, I went to barbershop, I was probably about five. And then we stopped going there because my mom didn't like it because they had naked women on the wall. My dad wasn't fussed, like, he didn't care. Like, And I was in this country, actually. I think I was in um, Tottenham. Well, when you're young, you sit on your dad's lap. My dad said to me, like, he didn't say not to cry, but he says, look, men come in here to get their hair cut. If you're going to be a man, you get your hair cut. And he goes, do you see anybody in here crying? And I was like, no, dad. He goes, so I don't, wanna, I don't want any nonsense. And you just, you go with it. It's just like a little rite of passage that men pass to their sons. I used to go with my brothers because I got, you know, older brothers and then on my own. I've got a little boy and he knows about others. He's quite young, so the, the babies in here take their time. So last time he was here, I think he had Marcus and probably, Marcus probably spent about 35 minutes <laughs> cutting, you know, four or five-year-olds. So they spend their time looking after you. It's, it's a nice thing to take your son to a barber shop. Even though you're in another country, going to a barber shop, it operates in the same way this place does. Most of the time, sit down, we have a chat, we exchange ideas. We watched the game yesterday. Yeah. Well, listen to me, man, yeah? Mm. England have a bunch of kids playing for them. Yeah. We talk about a variety of subjects. There'll be an interchange of ideas. We talk politics, we talk relationships, we talk religion. We're always talking football, or if it's cricket, we're always talking cricket. Could be about music, could be about the environment. From Formula One right down to tennis. From celebrities to sex. I would say the, the less supported game in this barbershop is the rugby. At any subject matter, you'll hear in an hour. You, you stay here for an hour, you hear everything. There's nothing that is, is off the table when you're in a barbershop. Listen to me, nothing you're gonna say is gonna make me change. So, no, pointless. No, 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 it's not even that. It's like when you can't see a man having his own view. And well, where there's a lot of men, is testosterone, you know. <laughs> Debates tend to get heated. I explained to you already, I tell him about Garrett Bill already, and you have a problem. So, what else you want me to tell you? So, what about the rest of the man them in the team? What about the rest, <laughs> ah, about the rest of the man who ain't, who ain't done of that? Of course, all. I would support what the rest of the man them. Right. I got Joel and in the team. Huh? But that's as far as it goes, you know. No fights, no unfriendly sort of activity or anything like that. No one is wrong. And even if you vehemently disagree, when you go outside, there's no argue, there's no fights, there's nothing like that. It would never come to that. It's just, you know, we disagree. At the end of the day, everybody squash what they have to say and then go home, come back as mutual good friends tomorrow. 
So there's a lot of respect there, and I feel like it's somewhat tribal. We're not hunter-gatherers anymore. We don't go out and herd animals. This is a place, this is like a campfire where the men gather and we bond, which is, you know, something men do occasionally. And this is just one of the places we bond. In the whole aspect of life, though, do you think things will ever get better, like with what's going on in America, what's going on in England? Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. There is no reason why we can't all peacefully coexist. As cliche as it may sound, yeah. that whole why can't we all get along, we gain nothing from destroying each other. Mm -hmm. Nice to know that there's people still believe though that things will get better. Yeah. There are some people you can't tell them that right now. It's what you want to believe. Yeah. Hello, Cara, I'm depending on you, you develop a relationship with your barber where that sort of 35, 40 minutes in the barber chair, you know, you sort of talk about your life, you, you talk about different things. You got some people that come here for the first time and you cut them and they love it and they say, it's the best they ever cut. You, you feel good as a barber, but on the other hand, you're still, you're still thinking, did I cut the year right or did I? all a proper conversation with that person to make the person feel like that. People tell you a different kind of story, but the hardest part is how you talk to them about their story. Because they can come they can come with a story on a different angle just to get your feedback and you can feedback the wrong way. So you always have to think what you're saying to them how you say what you're saying and you always have to listen to them you have to listen yeah, if you don't listen then you're gonna lose a customer and there's another unhappy person on the road so you always have to listen to them sometimes you go in a barbershop there'll be this one guy there who talks or acts a certain way, and you kind of know that this is probably the only form he has to let out his personality. So he'll be like, rah, 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 rah. Marcus, I think he sets the mood. He's just a calm guy. So even if you come in here and you, may, you might be feeling a bit amped, join his level of energy, and it's just, it's just a relaxed atmosphere. The one that got me this week is this guy came in yesterday morning. He was the first customer. Just I was about to have my breakfast. He came in, so he said, can I get a cut, my brother? And I said, yeah, but I'm going to have breakfast. And he said, OK, no worries. I'll see you later. So I said, yo, where are you going? So I said, oh, come. And I put down my breakfast and start cutting him, and he's telling me that his missus died a month ago now. She's only 32, and he got two girls with her. One, I think he said one is nine. I don't remember how old is the other one. He just sit there and telling his story, but you could see the, the tears in his eyes, you know? Like, he said he never loved before. That's the only woman he ever loved, and she just go to bed and didn't wake up. But it was really sad. Eh? I, I reckon if the... When we spade today, can I get faded from here? Instead of, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm young enough to pull off that sound no more. I stopped going... When my father, when my parents got divorced, uh, when I was about 16 years old. 
Alright, my father, he spent nine to ten months out of the year in South America doing his job. But when he was there, he'll coach football, we'll get our hair cut. But for the vast majority of time, he wasn't there, which I'm sure affected his marriage. So when he left, I was just angry with him. I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I didn't make any effort to talk to him. And then I left it that way for about, I'd say about 10 to 15 years. It gets to the point where the person's done what they've done to you is, let's say, 10 years or even five years, and you stay mad at them for 20 that's excessive. It doesn't make sense to stay, and it doesn't do anything good for you. He tried to apologize to me numerous times about his behavior. The last apology that he gave me was the one that I could actually forgive him on because he came to me and said, son, I'd never been a parent before, which is not an excuse, and I'm sorry, and I hope that you can forgive me. And that was it. It was, it was, an, it was an earnest apology. The last time he and I went to get a haircut, we went to Arsenal because he's a big Arsenal supporter. Um, my sister bought us the tickets and we just spent the day together. I went and got him his haircut and got him a shave. And he was, he had like tears in his eyes and stuff, which was, I thought was strange. And he was really kind of emotional about it. And I think it was more so because his father had just died and he wanted to repair our bond. He loved it. He said, oh, I feel like a million bucks. He's bald now, so it didn't really take too long. But um, he got, his, he got his, his goatee shaped up and he was happy about that. And he's there taking out his money. I was like, no, no, I got this. Don't worry. So as it stands, he and I are in, uh, we're good. I would say we're good. This is the best, the best our relationship's ever been. Um, and I'm very uh, appreciative of him now, more so. How old are you, though? I'm 33. You should have your kids already. You should get your kids already. I would admit that until now, I didn't think there was much I had to offer a child in the way of being a parent. So I didn't bother to endeavor. I think it's more important who you have kids with than that you have kids. And um, if I do not find somebody to, that I would like to have children with in the next couple of years, I've considered fostering because um, I think that I could be a good parent even as a single parent. And I have the resources there to provide children with a good home. And I think there's a whole bunch of kids there, even if I'm a single dad would appreciate one parent over no parents. I think that's important. It's not so much like what you keep giving your kids. They say it's better, it's more important what you leave in your kids than what you leave for them. So if you're willing to devote your time to their well-being and them growing into being adults that aren't jerks, <laughs> then you'll be a good parent to them. I like to go to school with a fresh haircut. I don't like to have a haircut that's like nasty. It suits me when I have nice haircuts. I look nice. My name is Uri. Yeah, this is my son, Tevin. He's the best at every sport. He's my life, really. And I love him dearly, you know. I think we're giant to the hip anyway. <laughs> I come every Friday morning, first thing on the dot, yeah. I always love to do my year. It's, 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 a, it's a weekend thing. <laughs> I have to set the stepping stone for him as, like, set example, you know. I always work. So I hope he follow me, which I know he will. I'm not. I'm being a football player. It can get stressful sometimes, the barbering. It's very stressful sometimes. Especially if you're cutting and it's not going the way you want it to go. I would say, as a growing up man, life can be tough at times. Because you don't have no time for yourself. All the time that you have is for other people. I haven't had a holiday nor a day off in six years now. 
every day is just work from Sunday to Sunday. But the worst day is Christmas Day because you have to cut everyone good for Christmas. And it's loads, loads. If I have a day off right now, for that one day, I'll just go to Jamaica. Yeah, I miss home now. I think it's 15 years since I've left Jamaica and I haven't been back. It's just every time that you think about the money to go back home, it's just, you know you could do something else with that money. I send no money every month, but since this this um this thing with the the Brexit, yeah, um, I haven't sent no money because the money is not good now to send. So I told her, I said, just use what you got there, cause out of her savings and stuff, you know. Yeah. So she's saying, what if I didn't send that? What would she do, what would she be doing right now? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really it can be really hard when when you have to, you know. Inflation's crazy high in Jamaica though. I grew up with my, with my grand, yeah. She was like father and grandfather and mother, everything. Because my mom left me when I was six months old and I never knew her until I was 14, yeah. I would say I don't have a father. I don't know my father, so. But I wouldn't say I have a rough life growing up, I didn't. Because my mom always sent back money. She moves to Canada to support us. It's three of us, me, my sister, and my brother. We always have everything that we want. Yeah, apart from bicycle, we never had no bikes. Because <laughs> for some of us, then we, we, we don't see our kid every day, like me. I don't see her every day, but I make sure whatever she wants, she have it, yeah, stuff like that. Phone her almost every evening to find out our school and stuff like that, you know? Whatever I have is hers. So it makes you want to work harder when you think about what you didn't have and you want to do it for them, you know? Being a father, it's, it's hard and it's easy, but I wouldn't class myself as a father because I'm, I'm not there in flesh in my daughter's life. I think a father is, is, is way more than a dad. I'm a dad. I only give her what she wants. A father is the one that be there, yeah. That's how I see it. A dad, you don't have to be there. You just make sure you got what you want, isn't it? Yeah, I would like to be a father. Yeah. Being a dad is very important to me. I grew up in Jamaica with my dad. My dad never leave us. He always around us 24-7. Me now, I get three kids. When I, my first child when I was 25, three different baby mom. It's just happened, but I love all of them to be. I try my best to do what I can do as a dad. I love them. So I've, as, a, as a father, I have to show example to my boys. Then. Try to be there for them. I don't be there 100% in person, but 100% Money-wise or financial-wise, I try to be dear. I'm proud to be a dad. It's, 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 to be a dad is like a, more than a blessing. But it's good. I'm very happy to be a dad. 
as long as I have health and strength and I can work and provide for them, that's my biggest dream. You got some kid that really looks up to you though. Especially when they don't have a father in their life. Yes. If you build a relationship with them, like every time they come around, you ask them about school and how they will tell it. Because I got one little boy right now, he tell his mom, I want to go see Marcus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just for a haircut, he come for he come and he we plays and then he goes. And I would say he's the closest that I could narrow it down that said, look to me like a father. Yeah. I didn't really know my dad. He left when I was young and he went back to Barbados. Well, my dad travelled all over the world, really. We, we kept in contact, but I didn't see him for like 16 years. When I met him, I was 20. Actually, I didn't meet him again until I went Barbados. He passed away uh, two months ago. So that's, that's when I get to meet him. I knew my dad had a lot of kids because he always said, but we didn't know how much. I don't want to have 30 people running around me <laughs> or running to find me. <laughs> I'm not like that. I've only got two. I'm happy with that. So, But, yeah, I like more kids. Another 28. Well, me? No way, bro. You're crazy. Can't reach my father number. <laughs> my dad was just never a father, to be honest. He just had them and go about his business. Because even my older siblings that I spoke to, they told me the same thing. He was just never there. And my older siblings, siblings are like in their 60s. So I'm supposedly to be the last, but I don't think I am. Curtis is a lot though, you know that. I know, mate. He was everywhere. This guy just traveled and had kids. That's all he did. Because you don't want them to be close and don't know. This is the thing. But this is the thing. I've got um, siblings up here that I don't know. I've only met one, and that's Trevor. I've got. Two more brothers, there's four Trevors, including my brother, the one I met, and there's two others. Yeah. I don't know where to find them, you know what I mean? What do I like about being a dad? Just the love from your kids, you know, that warm welcome and, you know, that little uh, appreciation that they show. The comfortness of being a dad, really, you know, the the um, the joys, the um, the wonders of being a dad, really. Um, that's it. I love my first son so much. I wonder, wonder how I'm gonna love anything else as much as I love my first son. Yeah, and I thought about that for quite a long time. But that all changed as soon as my second son was born. And it's the same to this day. And the nights are so long, And I just need this little woman who I could call my very Barbara, it goes deep, very deep. One word, it's awesome. Very good job. Love it. and changed my life completely. And then Baba take it over. So I'm a different man now. 
episode of Fathers and Sons was brought to you by Mr Porter and Radio Wolfgang. It was produced by Harry Watson and Ellie DiMartino with Natalia Rodriguez and Ivor Manley. The research was done by Jessica Dickens. The team would really like to thank the barbers at Uppercuts, Marcus, Owen, Jason and Andy, as well as all the clients that agreed to speak to us, in particular Leon, Thaddeus and Timothy, Monty, Sean and Kai, Uroy and Tevil, Ranford and Ira. Together.